Loyalty to Rangers is what binds us. And together, we are stronger. Launching for the 2021 season, the MyJers membership program is a new way to get even closer to the club you love. It's the one place where you can access benefits like ticketing priority, club discounts, and exclusive competitions and experiences. There's even a limited edition welcome gift when you join. Visit rangers.co.uk slash myjers to join today. Always Rangers, always loyal, always rewarded. Hi there and welcome to this week's edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast which is made by fans for fans and where the content is absolutely free. And it's not just the, the pod that's free, guys. It's all the content on the Jersnet website, the forums, uh, written content, opinion pieces, that kind of stuff, all absolutely free. So get yourself on there. It is episode 88 of the Jersnet Podcast. I am your host tonight. I am Colin Armstrong. And obviously there's no football at the moment, but there's still plenty to talk about. It's been another uh, interesting week in the world of Scottish football. If you like what you hear, we would encourage you to subscribe to the post and share in social media. Get the word out there uh, that we're here and what we're doing. I think we're around about 2,700 subscribers at the moment and climbing. So please join them and uh, leave a comment if you want. Uh, the podcast is live tonight. We are live at half nine on the Sunday night, but it will be available to download and stream on a variety of platforms, including uh, Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, and Spotify. So, uh, an interesting week yet again. Uh, you know, you would think with no football, there would be not a lot to talk about. Uh, but it's the, it's the exact opposite. And this whole thing with the, the SPFL is rumbling on. Uh, even today, there was still stuff coming out. So, I mean, I was doing the agenda for tonight's show and I, I felt like I had to update it every half hour or so because it was just it just seems to be a, a rolling story the whole time. Uh, so we'll get through that. And joining me to do that tonight, I've got two guests tonight. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give a warm welcome back to David Fraser first because it seems like ages since I've last spoken to him. Uh, how are you, David, and how is your lockdown? I don't think I've spoken to you since uh, this whole situation developed. Good evening, Colin. Good evening, listeners. Uh, I'm a lockdown situation pretty much as uh, everyone else's, I guess, Colin. Just kind of struggling on and um, but rebonding with the children uh, currently. I made a, a pizza with my young daughters today, and which was a bit fraught with um, with danger, shall we say. Uh, yeah. Frustration amongst the, the two kids but uh, other than that you're just um, like yourself just listening into the the, the fallout from the, the SPFL uh, board resolution. Okay. Can, can I ask what the hair situation's like David because mine's is getting a bit uh, I, I ended up mine's was in a curtain today you know the centre part and curtain and I don't think I've had that since the mid 90s so how is how is your situation at your end? Have you, uh, have, you resorted, have you resorted to the lockdown cut yet loads of people are doing this clipper thing? The lockdown cut I've, I've always the, the, the lockdown cut, I think. All right, ahead of your time. <laughs> for, for quite a while, no. I, I've, I've been I've been the proud owner of Clippers for uh, for quite a while, Colin. So I, I I'm not really at the mercy of uh, requiring to visit the hairdresser to the same extent that that some other uh, males in the the population would be. So um, I I'm not really I've, I I keep myself nice and trim in any case. So. It's just, it's just business as usual for me in that respect. Business as usual. Okay. Uh, and also joining us tonight is uh, is Ross Bennett, fellow host, uh, guesting tonight. How are you, Ross? How's things down in the big smoke? Um, no, no, Joe, it's been a been a tough week. The uh, light bulb in my bedroom, living room and oven all went out this week. So I'm, I'll be surprised if we even get to talk about the football because it's it's all go here. <laughs> Right, sounds it. Riveting stuff, Ross. And how how is uh, how's your hair situation? Um hair on my head, not too bad. Elsewhere it's it's getting a bit nineteen seventies. All right, okay. Uh that that took a turn that I've got to be honest, I didn't expect it to take. <laughs> that's, that's probably where I'm feeling this quarantine the most is is the fact that all the spas and the salons are closed and I can't get myself, you know ship shape like I normally am, which is a shame, but thankfully this is an audio medium rather than a visual. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you were kind of alluding to pubic hair there, so I'm really glad, glad sorry, that this is an audio thing than, uh, than, a, than a video thing. So, uh, myself, as I said, I was, I was at the curtains today and I was just looking at it going, oh my God, I think it was like 1994 the last time my hair was like this. And I am reaching a stage where I'm approaching the clippers anyway, so I'm worried that if I do go with the clippers, then that'll be me. I'll never see my hair again. So, aye, worrying times. Uh, but anyway, right, we'll, we'll crack on. Uh, now we've got the, the pleasantries out the way. Guys, an interesting week again this week. Uh, Rangers delivered the 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 much welcomed or much anticipated sorry dossier on you know the evidence that they felt they had that the SPFL had not done things uh, quite the way they should have been done, and then it's just it's just been like a game of tennis. Sorry, a game of tennis ever since you know. Rangers and other clubs have been making certain claims. SBFL have been batting them back, and it's just it's just been like that for the last three or four days. So, I mean, the, the dossier itself, two hundred pages long. Uh, the main sort of things that were highlighted in it, you know, Rangers claim that, that they feel that Neil Doncaster has breached his duties as SPFL chief executive. That important information was with, withheld from the member clubs before they voted uh, for the, the the proposed resolution, including. Uh, a reputed 10 million of liabilities if the resolution was passed. There was obviously the situation with, with, with Dundee's vote and there was a whole lack of integrity about that. Uh, Rangers also cited behaviour of Rod McKenzie, the SPFL legal advisor. Uh, they also claimed that threats were made to member clubs and they, they also raised the, the SFA, SPFL letter uh, to you. Effort. Ross, I'll come to you first uh, on this. Now, we, we had to wait a while, obviously, for, for the dossier, but that was within the, the timescales that the SPFL had set out, so we need to be clear about that. But, I mean, was it the, the dossier you were expecting? I think after the length of time, we, we were always going to feel maybe slightly let down by it, but I, I for one, feel there's more than enough in there uh, to warrant an independent investigation. How did how did you view it? Yeah, I'll be honest, before it came out, I was I was actually a little nervous that, you know, this this whole thing was almost deliberately ramped up by the media, you know, built up to fail because, you know, we talk about the, the terms of um, smoking gun and, you know, bringing down the house of cards, all these phrases that were conveniently placed by the media to, to big this thing up so that when it, when it does emerge, um, it might feel as a bit of a damp squib. But the, the information that's in there, it's all pertinent, it's all interesting and um it, it does point to the one thing that rangers are alleging is shambolic governance and all they've done is they've very very clearly and, and very eloquently set out you know, examples of where uh, governance has not stood up to to the requirements and where people are maybe um not meeting their fiduciary duties they're not acting in the best interest of the office they hold so I think, you know, I'm sure we'll come on to talk about the way that the media handled all of this with, with phrases such as smoking gun and, and the way that immediately it was portrayed as a, as a bit of a fail on Rangers' part. Was I disappointed in it? No, not at all. I think the information that's in there, as you say, it more than warrants a, an independent investigation. And the way that Rangers have handled this is, is quite clear, you know, it's quite clever, sorry. After, after they've released this dossier, which they, they very securely transferred it to just member clubs so the fact that it's gone straight to the SPFL into the media as well I'm sure we'll come on to um, they've then come out and said all we're saying is that there should be an impartial independent investigation and these are the reasons why and if you could just for five minutes remove any bias or any partiality that you have against Rangers just look at the facts and say is this the best that we can get? Is this what we deserve as Scottish football fans? Uh, and when you look at what's gone on and the questions that have been asked around the Dundee vote, around the bullying and intimidation, around the um, sponsorship deals, the 10 million payment that, that might have to be reimbursed, all of these things you look at and go, do you know what? No, we, we, should, we should be asking questions. So I think it's delivered exactly what Rangers promised it delivered, but it perhaps didn't deliver what other people suspected it should have delivered yeah i'm oh, sorry i was speaking a mute there uh, i had actually started speaking but i got the warning on my screen telling me that no one can hear me uh david i'll come to you now uh, again 
similar sort of question. You know, we'd waited for quite a while for this. Uh, and it was heavy reading, 200 pages, you know, umpteen annexes, you know, and a lot of legal jargon. You know, I, I tried to read through it, and, and, and after a few pages, I, I found it quite heavy reading. So I basically, you know, skimmed through it to try and pick out the, the, the main points that I felt were, were pertinent. I mean, the, the, the issue around the liabilities, the 10 million of liabilities, I thought that stood out for me. Obviously, the, the vote with Dundee is... That is so crooked that it doesn't even bear talking about. Uh, so again, did it did it hit all the the the, the marks for you, or did you feel after such you know sort of two three week wait for it that it, it was a bit of a damp squib? Yeah, like Ross, uh, I certainly don't view it as a, a damp squib at all, Colin. I think the the club have been very measured uh, in playing with a straight bat. With regards to this, um, I don't think they have unnecessarily hyped the the contents of the dossier. I think that they have homed in on the pertinent points with regards to poor governance, as, as Ross mentioned, um, and bringing to light some of the salient and pertinent information which appears to have been withheld from member clubs. I think that's the basic thrust of this, that um, Stuart Robertson uh, and to an extent Douglas Park uh, today, um, following on from Stuart's uh, interviews with the media on Thursday, um, have basically shone a light on the SPFL executive and board are failing in their duty to represent their member clubs. I think Douglas Park today um, used language along the lines of um, if you treat uh, the SPFL as a PLC, if shareholder, i.e. a club, were to raise questions about the governance of the company, then an investigation would be held. And that's all, in effect, at the end of they're asking for. And I don't think it's, it's unreasonable um, in what they've published. I, I think they've, they've set it out in a very orderly manner. And I think that the questions that's, that's been raised from it uh, are fair and worthwhile. And I think that the, the, the end point where Rangers are, are asking for an, an independent investigation to take place are, are, are more than reasonable. So uh, it'll be interesting to see um, what comes about after the EGM on Tuesday. Ross, uh, now, now Rangers delivered the, the, the dossier, I think it was at 10 a.m., and you know, within minutes, you know, the, the, the contents of it were being discussed. Uh, within the hour, the SPFL had responded, uh, and your your usual sort of suspects in the media were, were starting to, to to bump their guns. Sorry, bump their guns in, in terms of trying to downplay some of the stuff that that, that, that was in the, the the dossier. Now, the, the first thing I want to talk about here. Now, as I said, there was a two hundred page document. Uh, you know the clubs, the, the the member clubs that it was sent to. They they've taken their time to read through it and and, and have their sort of view. And I'm sure that there've been board meetings up and down the country to sort of discuss the next moves and maybe how they were going to vote. Yet the SPFL board issued a statement uh, within uh, the hour. It seemed, in my opinion, to be pre-prepared, and 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 it was just all about discrediting the content of of the dossier rather than saying right, okay, these are fairly decent allegations, we will have an independent investigation because we've got nothing to hide. And that's something I think that's, that's that no one in certain sections of the media has ever been able to, to, to answer that question. If they have nothing to hide, then why are they so against having this independent uh, investigation? And to, to go through a 200-page document, there's, there's no way they've read through that in that time, yet they were issuing a statement within the hour dismissing the dossier. How did that look to you? Well, this is from the same organisation that couldn't find an email from Dundee Football Club. Um, I, I imagine that we sent it to the clubs in a PDF format, so the same format that the Dundee vote was meant to be received in, but we'll move on from that. Um, it was it was entirely pre-written, of course it was. And Again, speaking for myself, not speaking for Jersnet, I'm, you know, this is my opinion, um, it must have been pre-written because, you know, any of the listeners who have worked for a small or medium-sized business will know that if you're trying to put out a statement um, externally or even internal communications, 
there'll be kind of the sentiment will be thought up by the guy in charge who will then give the brief to your communications guy who'll write up a short copy they'll send it back to the chief and say does this work there'll be some tweaks there'll be some emails back and forward and by you know a few hours later you're ready to go with your statement so regardless of the fact that they have to read digest and discuss 200 pages worth of in uh, information they've managed to to do all that within 20 minutes it's it's ludicrous so it was it was entirely pre-written of course it was the question of if you've done nothing to, uh, nothing wrong what have you got to hide is a relevant one and it, you know on the face of it it can seem a little bit facetious sometimes you know it's you know it's a bit like um you know why wouldn't you want the police to look through all your emails if you've done nothing wrong you've got nothing to hide and, and sometimes the argument can seem a little bit thin but it's also it's the same argument that was leveled at us back in 2012 um, or even before that, around EBTs and, and tax arrangements, when when rangers were saying, "Look, there's there's nothing illegal about this," a huge sections of the media, again driven by we know who, were saying, "Ah, if you've done nothing wrong, you, you've got nothing to hide. So let's have an independent investigation into rangers' tax affairs. Let's have a look." It's it's startling that this, you know, one rule for one and another rule for another, they just do not seem to. Um, You'd think that they would be willing to welcome this investigation and say, do you know what, Rangers, we can we can humiliate you here. We can embarrass you by showing that we did everything above board. We can show you that everything was totally kosher. Everything was legit. Let's do it. And, and what's even better is you're going to pay for it. You're going to pay to make yourselves look like absolute clowns and discredit yourself permanently. Then fine, because we've done nothing wrong. So let's do it. But they're not. That's that's the thing. Why not? Um, it's it's so clear that there's corruption at the highest office in Scottish football. Um, they, they they're trying to hide this. They're they're digging themselves deeper and deeper into lies. Um, the stuff that's come out today from Inverness Cali Thistle is staggering. The fact that they're you know on record now saying that we will back up claims of bullying, of harassment, of intimidation. Um, it's so clear that the SPFL are trying to hide this and trying to cover it up and that they smell fear. When was the last time you saw Neil Doncaster be wheeled out to give any kind of spoken interview? Because I really cannot remember it. Um, it it's, they're afraid because Rangers are, finally, they have their foot on the neck. They're really, really going for it. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm a little bit fearful for what's going to happen on Tuesday when we come to the vote because Scottish football is nothing if it's not tribal. So... People have already decided how they're going to vote. And, and to me, getting the required number of votes to get an independent investigation is, you know, the chance of that are next to nothing. So I'm, I'm a little bit nervous for that. But just seeing the effect that this has had on the people running the Scottish game, it's it's staggering. And, and you know that Rangers are onto something here. So why wouldn't they welcome that investigation? It's because they are clearly trying to hide something. David, I've, I've got the, the statement here from the SPFL on Thursday in front of me. Uh, it starts, it is now a month since Rangers accused the SPFL of bullying and corruption relating to the Dundee FC return. At last, Rangers have issued their dossier. Dossier is in inverted commas. And we will now take time to review it before responding to all 42 clubs. Now, even the way that's written and in, in, in some of the wording of it, you know, Terms like at last Rangers have issued their dossier. Now, uh, I think it was John Bennett on Saturday came out and said, you know, the reason it was at last is because Rangers uh, were running to the timeline which the SPFL board had given them. So, you know, at last doesn't doesn't count because you know that's the time they were told to, to get it in by, and also the fact that they've put you know dossier in inverted commas and in a sort of ironic sort of or they've provided their dossier kind of thing. I mean, even that, I mean, that seems a very sort of childish and, and petty response to, to something that is actually quite serious. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 um, it's there's no surprise really, Colin. Um, I, I looked at uh, the SPFL's board, the SPFL board's letter to all SPFL clubs um, released on the 8th, um, and that is littered with very emotive language. Uh, and I've, I, I draw attention to one of the, the paragraphs with regards to Rangers' claims. Uh, I quote here, 
As everyone now knows, Rangers have made several false allegations about corruption, coercion and bullying on the part of the SPFL. They've also called without good reason for the suspension of the SPFL's Chief Executive and Legal Counsel. Now, with regards to the first part of that, um, that paragraph there, uh, as everyone now knows, Rangers have made several false allegations about corruption, coercion and bullying on the part of the SPFL. I think Stuart Robertson uh, and his, his media calls on Thursday night actually um, refuted that and went on record as saying that Rangers have at no point have made uh, allegations of corruption, coercion and bullying on the part of the SPFL board or executive. So for uh, the SPFL board uh, to come out with stuff like that is, you know, it, it, it certainly is an attempt to set agendas, to paint uh, the appellant, i.e. Rangers, in a bad light. Um, it's, it, it just, it, it, you know, it, it seems to be part of the course. Um, it's very... Uh, as I say, very emotive. It's unhelpful. Um, it doesn't appear to be, um, you know, leading uh, the way in terms of, you know, a demonstrable show of leadership where the board and the executive take on board uh, the complaints of a member club and handle it in a professional and courteous manner. It's it's very aggressive language, and uh, I think that. You know, it's, it's obviously, as, as Ross made mention of there, it, it would tend to betray a, a degree of tribalism. You know, it seems as though, and arrogance in many respects, in the sense that, you know, we are the board. Um, it's not a case of uh, do, uh, you know, as you would like us to do it. It's a case of do as we tell you to do. Um, and this, this of tone of that letter uh, is arrogant. It's... Uh, very condescending, and as Douglas Park made mention of in, in his uh, his statement on club media today, it's it's not very professional. It's it's not taking account of a legitimate grievance of a member club, and it's just a case of you know do as we tell you. And I think that's born out of the fact that they've they've been used to acting in such a manner for such a an extended period of time. It's just a case of from their perspective, business as usual. Whether that comes to you know, back to bite them in the in the long run remains to be seen. But you know, I hark back to what I'm, the point I made in the, the previous answer uh, that you know it'll be interesting to see what comes of the EGM in Tuesday. Ross, uh, now you know obviously the SPFL and as I said earlier on, various sections of the media have have, have had their say. Uh, the SPFL. Outside the statement, which I just read there just now, which David uh, referenced also, the they've accused Douglas part of uh, of threatening Neil Doncaster. In what way? I don't know. Did they ask for a square go outside a kebab shop? I don't know. Uh, Rangers have obviously uh, denied this. Of all, they also made an accusation that Stuart Rob, Rob or Stuart Robinson, excuse me, of missing uh, a vital meeting. But again, I, I was watching an interview on Saturday and Rangers are claiming that Rangers took legal advice before that meeting and, the, and there was a feeling that the whole thing was being set up for, for, for Rangers to, to take a bit of a pummeling in that meeting. Uh, they weren't given the, 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 the proper advice and so they deliberately avoided that meeting. How did you feel about all that? Because it just seems to be a, a series of claims and counterclaims. And I would, I would also ask, you know, if, if, if Douglas Park uh, and, and Stuart Robinson have, have been behaving in a way that the SPFL deem is inappropriate, why why did it only come to light after the dossier arrived? Why did the SPFL not raise this before? Well, absolutely. Why did they not raise it before? But also, if, if that was the case, if... if Douglas Park had made a, a threat or an allegation or something along those lines, why would he now be pushing for a full investigation into the facts? Um, he's not going to push for something that, you know, uncovers some wrongdoing on his own part. But, what you know, the, the ironic thing about all of this is that uh, Rangers are kind of, not even alleging themselves, but Rangers are passing on allegations that, they, you know, clubs have come to Rangers and said, look, we, we felt intimidated, we felt bullied. Inverness have come out today and, and put that on paper saying they were bullied and harassed. 
Um, so Rangers have kind of put all of this into the dossier and, 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 and told all the other clubs, look, there was this bullying and harassment going on, to which the SPFL responded and said, no, there was no bullying. There were some robust conversations, but there was no bullying. Um, so for them to then turn around and say, we were threatened. We were threatened by Douglas Park. It's, it's, it's almost magical in its irony to say, no, we didn't, we didn't threaten anyone else. We had some robust conversations, but we never threatened anyone. Douglas Park threatened us. Um, it's just, it's nonsense. The, the Stuart Robert, Robertson thing is, um, it's, a, it's almost a silly one. Like, the, you know, it's very, very clear that he was given minutes or hours to prepare for this meeting where he was going to have to state the case of Rangers and, and, and what we were putting forward and defend us, defend everything else. Um, and it was entirely set up for him to fail. But Stuart Robertson is in a very, very difficult and very, very compromised position because obviously he holds that place on the SPFL board. Um, so on the face of it, people from the outside can say, oh, how can Rangers have any issue with what the SPFL are doing? They've got a guy on the board. So they, you know, they're almost running Scottish football. Um, at the same time, Stuart Robertson cannot resign if he sees something going on that he doesn't like because then it's Stuart Robertson's week. Stuart Robertson walks away from the fight and that's something that has to be fair, dogged his career at Rangers so far is that he's weak and he doesn't stand up for himself enough. So he can't walk away, um, but he can't be seen to be kind of engaging in the process that's led us to this shambles. So for them to then, you know, come up with this meeting where the spotlight was going to be entirely on him with no time to prepare, with no kind of knowledge beforehand of the agenda of the meeting, anything like that, I don't blame him for not showing up um, because I don't know how he was supposed to handle himself in, in that meeting. But what I would say, you know, obviously we've, we've mentioned um, you know, senior people from the club have been doing media interviews over the last couple of days, which is kind of rare for Rangers. Um, and obviously Robertson has had a fair media presence going on Sky Sports News throughout the week. I think that the club have handled themselves really, really well. And when you compare the the transcripts of what Robertson, Bennett and Park have said over the last few days, compare that to the approach of the SPFL who have come out and, and almost tried to take the piss out of Rangers through statements, like you say, with the inverted commas of dossier, the at last Rangers have provided their so-called dossier of evidence. Compare and contrast the two styles. One is scattergun and trying to deride a, a member club who are only pushing for transparency and proper governance. The other is well measured, it's eloquent, it's well put together, and it just contains facts. Um, with the, the slight exception of a slide dig from, from Douglas Park when he says maybe McLennan can address that when he sits down for his next QA with himself, which is a wonderful, wonderful little roast. Um, it, it says a lot about the organization, the way that they're handling this whole thing, the way that they're using their kind of chums in the media your Michael Stewart has been bumping his gums relentlessly Graham Spears I've just seen just now on Twitter that in the next hour or so there's going to be an interview with Doncaster exclusive with Keith Jackson so I wonder how that's come about and who's brokered that deal it's um it's laughable and yet it's everything you would expect from the SPFL David is as, as, as Ross alluded to there you know it, it does kind of feel kind of different you know from from previous occasions you know rangers have on occasions you know kicked up a wee bit of a stink and, and looked a wee bit silly at times but it, it definitely feels different this time and it feels like we have our house in order and you know as, as the week rolled on you know rangers delivered their dossier the, SA, the spfl delivered their uh, reports and there was there was some accusations fire, fired at each other over the fence and then rangers made this this offer to pay for any independent investigation and again that, that just I don't know how you feel, but again, that just felt another step and another statement to show that this is different this time. You know, the Rangers have come forward, uh, moved on, sorry, in the last sort of five or six years in the boardroom, and we're not going to be sort of just dismissed as easily as we have been in the past. And I don't want to make this all about Rangers and the SPFL because other clubs, which we're about to come on to, uh, have also had their say in this. But it does feel like if this had happened previously, then Rangers would have been swatted to the side a lot easier. It seems to me that we have our house in order on this occasion. Um, it, it, it may well appear to to some that that we have our house in order uh, in a different manner than we've had in the past. I think I think it's important to note that in the past, when Rangers have, in my estimation, have raised legitimate grades with regards to, to things like conflicts of interest, 
Uh, I think that um, the club's position has been compromised because of uh, the previous chairman's past. I think it's fair to say that. I think, I think it was a, uh, it was always going to be a stick to beat Dave King with. If he, if he um, decided to pursue a complaint against SPFL governance, I think his, his past in South Africa was always going to be thrown up in his face. So from that perspective, I think Rangers were always starting out from a weakened position. Um, the, the big difference for me is that, that Douglas Park uh, and the other board members are not saddled with that perceived or alleged baggage. Uh, obviously, the, the Dave King's situation is is uh, poured over by various journalists and agendas uh, are set out from that point. Um, you, there's no uh, suggestion uh, certainly to the best of my knowledge, that any impropriety or accusations of impropriety can ever be levelled at any, any members of the, of the current Rangers board, certainly not the chairman. Um, so I think that is the, the major difference. And I think that the club, um, rightly, in my opinion, have had enough of being marginalised and sidelined to the extent where Rangers being one of the major clubs in Scottish football have been actively dismissed in any grievances that they've had in the past. And I think it's 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 you know well past the point where Rangers should be afforded uh, the respect that they're due, um, which they haven't uh, had in the recent past with regards to any um, backwards and forwards of issues between the two entities uh, and I think that Rangers as a club have drawn a line in the stand they're making us making sorry they've drawn a line in the sand and they're making a stand but I do genuinely believe despite what a lot of other media outlets may be, be trying to actively promote that they do have the governance and the well-being of Scottish football at the centre of this um, when uh, liabilities like £10 million uh, are brought to light um, and the, the potential issues that could arise from not being made aware of the consequences of a vote due to insufficient and incomplete material information being circulated about member clubs. I think that that is... is, is as a haymaker when it comes to actually you know, promoting the, the standpoint that we do deserve an independent investigation into what can only be described as, as a pretty poor corporate government. I think it's as simple as that call. I wouldn't disagree, David, to be honest with you, I wouldn't disagree. Uh, Ross, coming back to yourself now, there, there was another thing, and, and again, this just seems to there seems to be so many facets to this that it's it's hard to, to keep a, an eye on the whole picture. Uh, but there was, you know, at the time of the vote, uh, the original vote, you know, in some of the clubs who, had, especially the clubs who had been relegated, you know, they really kicked up a stink, and quite rightly so. Uh, you know, to, to, to be relegated, you know, by proxy, essentially, just seems wrong. Now, a lot of people have said that, especially a club like Hearts, you know, well, you know, they've not had the best of seasons. Uh, they're in this situation through their own ineptitude. And you kind of buy some of that. You think, yeah, you know, it, they've had a horrific season. I felt very early on in the season that they were, they were relegation fodder. But the fact is we're only sort of 75-80% of our way through the season. Hearts are still within touching distance. And there's other teams in other divisions, you know, there's only maybe a point or two in it. And to just have that right bang, doom, you're away. That felt, out of, out of all of it, that's the thing that I felt the, the most unfair. And at the time, it, there was the whole, right, we'll look at uh, league reconstruction. And Anne Budge bought into it. I think she's been played like a fiddle on this, I must admit. And yesterday it was announced rather conveniently that there would be no league reconstruction. Now, the convenience side of it, the convenient side of it is is the deadline for the original vote has now passed. So any clubs that now feel, oh, well, wait a minute, 
we want to do a Dundee and take back our original vote and change it. They can't do that because the actual deadline has passed now. Again, is that another sign of just how kind of cloak and dagger it all feels with the SPFL at the moment and and various other interested parties? Oh, of course, of course. And I think that's that's a very good way of putting it, is cloak and dagger, because we do not know what's going on behind the scenes um, from, from the Dundee vote right through to today. Um, we don't know how these clubs have decided that there will be no league reconstruction. It wasn't even supposed to be formally announced yet, but again, this information has just been broken in the media before the clubs affected have been told. It's It's staggeringly badly run and you have to question why anyone wouldn't want an investigation into all of this um, I, I absolutely agree with you on, on on the issues of clubs such as Hearts Partick Thistle in particular you know one or two points adrift and I think have a game in hand um, it's, it's it's just unfair for these clubs to be relegated in this way because I mean look at the way that the Scottish um, the Premiership works is that we have a split top six and bottom six so the chances are that Hearts will be playing um, the five other poorest sides in the league this year. And actually, if it was a betting man, I'd be I'd probably be putting money on Hearts to survive this because, you know, they will be playing all of the weaker sides and they'll know what they're up against. And we've seen it before with, with teams. Once the split happens, teams are playing the, the other teams around them. The league takes on a completely different face. It's, it, it's, it's totally different. So... It's not right to just relegate these clubs. I mean, we also then have to take a look at Brecon City, who are not getting relegated from the bottom of League Two. Uh, now, that's a convenient one because their chief executive is also on the SPFL board. So good one to bear in mind that. And that's, again, this is the cloak and dagger nature of it. But they've said, we're going to can the season here. We're going to make a small exception for one of our board chums that Brecon won't go down. Kelty Hearts and Brora Rangers obviously have put out statements saying that that's shambolic and unfair. At this point, I have no idea why they would want to join the SPFL, but that's fine. Um, and the backdrop of all of this is you have Celtic, who are desperate to end the season, and I just don't know why. I don't know why they want to end the season so bad, because let's be clear, it's what, 14 points Yes, we have a game in hand. Yes, we have to play them twice, so we could make up nine of those fourteen points. You know, we'll end up with a handful of points away from them. But let's be absolutely realistic. The chances of us, if if the season is completed, actually winning this season are so slim and so remote. So Celtic, you know, barring a disaster for them and a miracle for us, would be winning this season on the park. Why do they not want to do that? Why do they not want to win it on the park? Just pause it now. Pick it up when we can, when you know, obviously when it's safe to do so, whether that's behind closed doors or not, and and win it on the park, and then there will be no question, there will be no asterisk, there will be no question of integrity. Um, we all know the clubs could already get the money, whether that's in the form of loans or whether the clubs vote to receive money early. I don't understand why they would be pushing so hard to end the season and get awarded the title without completing the season. Um, cloak and dagger, of course, it is, and. Uh, other clubs are starting to see this now. Other clubs that, you know, yes, so far, most of them are clubs that have some kind of, um, I don't know, negative impact from this. So your Partick Thistles, um, it's other clubs are starting to speak up. And that's, I think, when maybe the dynamic of this whole thing will shift is when more and more clubs put out statements saying, you know what, this is unfair and, and something does need to change. And that's what's going to make Neil Doncaster's position untenable. David, as, as Ross said there, you know, a, a host of other clubs have either entered the, the fray or re-entered the fray hearts of have came out. As I say, the think and budge has is, is, is not came up particularly strong in this. Uh, Partick Thistle had, had put their uh, side over a, a, a two, three weeks ago. We spoke, we spoke about it on the pod. I think it was either last week or the week before. They'd said they'd received decent legal advice that said they could pursue a legal angle but they weren't going to do so and the suspicion on the show last week was that they'd been assured that you know league reconstruction would see them okay uh, Falkirk came out on on Friday night uh, but Inverness came out today with, with some absolutely damning stuff I've got some of it here uh, says uh, without going into the specifics at this time please know that we will testify to the bullying and threats made against our club on Friday the 10th by an F 
SPFL board member and the threats against others by the same SPFL board member and how these threats were reported back to the centre and to the SPFL CEO di directly on the day. It also goes on to say that we believe that serious questions remain over the, the, the actions of the MD of one club during the now infamous vote on April 10th and what happened between the submission of their legally binding no, no vote before the fake FPA, uh, 5 p.m. deadline and five days later when they became the only club out of the 42 to have negotiations in inverted commas with the CEO and chairman of the SPFL and with a big hitter or persons unknown. Now, I mean, I, I think, again, I think it was John Bennett that came out on Saturday saying that, you know, the SPFL uh, were, were trying to sort of uh, polarise Rangers on this and make it out to be that it was Rangers against the SPFL and that we were the only club, you know, uh, throwing our, our toys out the pram, so to speak. But some of the statements that have come out from the likes of Hearts, Patrick Thistle, Falkirk statement was very strong. Inverness's today, I, I think, has been the strongest of the lot. It, it's not just us, is it? You know, there is a feeling out there amongst a lot of clubs that, that, that something's rotten to the core here. Undoubtedly, Colin, undoubtedly. I, th I think the, the joint statement from Scott Gardner and Ross Morrison today, it was certainly the, the probably the most damning one. Um, I don't think they've minced their words, uh, whereas other clubs have, have maybe um, not been as... Um, succinct, shall we say, and and how they view the actions of certain people. Um, Gary Dean's statement on Friday night was quite telling, um, and I quote here, they said that the handling of this entire situation has been farcical, ranging from decisions made by the SPFL board to clubs who have what can only be, dis can only be charitably described as misled and deceived. Uh, I would imagine that that is um, pointing the finger at Dundee and how they've behaved in, the, in their voting. Um, also, uh, George Fraser of the, the Lowland League, uh, with regards to the, the situation that Ross mentioned with um, Brora, Rangers and Kelty Hearts being um, unable to have their playoff uh, with Brecon City as the current positions stand, uh, that um, tells a story. Um, George Fraser has used the, the phrase that the pressure has been applied um, with regards to Brecon um, not wanting to enter the Highland League uh, as opposed to the Lowland League. The, that, that has ramifications as well. And, and the, the, implication, the implications are for the four-way agreement between the SFA, the SPFL, the, the Highland Football League and the Lowland Football League. So there's, there's serious um, points that have been made by other clubs and other league bodies um, which have to be answered. It just you know, underlines the case that it is, this isn't, as you've, you've rightly mentioned, this isn't just a case of Rangers you know, having a problem with the, the Premiership title being award, awarded prematurely to the, the team that's in first currently in first place. This is more about uh, a lack of transparency, a lack of uh, respect amongst clubs, um, the, the, the procedures and the, the, the protocols of the company um, don't appear to have been upheld by the officers of the company and the, the, the members of the executive board. And that is that's fundamentally damning. And the fact that, that, that a number of clubs, um, you know, you, you may mention a Falkirk there. Falkirk uh, were a point behind Wraith Rovers, the same number of games played, but with, if memory serves me correctly, uh, a goal difference of, of plus 20 uh, over Wraith Rovers. Uh, they, they clearly had... Uh, had something to gain from the season being played out to a finish. Um, but I believe that they uh, they voted in favour of the resolution. Now, they, they did so on the belief that the material information provided to them circula circulated uh, in the, the circular, that they did that in good faith. They, they made that vote in good faith. Now, if the, the, if the material information has been withheld from them in order to promote a certain way of voting, then the, the ramifications of that are massive. 
And the only way that can be scrutinised and unearthed to the benefit of all member, all 42 member clubs is with an independent investigation. And as I, I keep going back to, I keep repeating myself here, the EGM on Tuesday will tell a story and it'll be very interesting to see what the outcome of it is. I don't think there's any de- denying that, David. I mean, yeah, again, I mean, it seems strange that there's no football, but, you know, we're going into another week of uh, high drama, I suppose is the best way to put it. You know, it just, and I find it, I, I still find it staggering that given the current situation, I, I just feel the focus uh, of the SPFL and some of the member clubs is, is all wrong. You know, it's obvious that we're not going to have football for, 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 for a very long time. It's obvious that we're not going to have football with supporters on the ground for possibly even longer. And I don't think there's any doubt that some clubs are going to tumble here. And I, I've always felt that the minute this situation revealed itself to be as serious as it is, I mean, we're in week what, week nine of lockdown. And, and I, I know there's, a, there's, there's different views from uh, UK government and Scottish government now. It would appear that we're going to go on different paths. But the situation is still pretty serious, and, and economically, it's 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 devastating. And I've always sort of viewed it as we should be doing everything possible. The the, the governing body uh, in charge of Scottish football should be doing everything possible to ensure that we come out with the same amount of clubs uh, in existence as we did as we went into this thing. And that doesn't seem to be the, the main focus here. The main focus uh, seems to be elsewhere. Who's driving that? Well, I've got my suspicions and I'm sure most of us have uh, I've got suspicions as well but don't want to go down that road but it, it just seems wrong to me and, and I think most of the leagues are guilty of this. You know, none of them seem to be saying, right, how do we protect football? How do we protect the clubs until we're able to play again? It's all about, right, they're getting the Champions League, they're getting the title, they're getting relegated and, you know, to hell with it. And that's, that's a strategy that I, I find quite confusing and, and I don't get it at all. Uh, and it seems worse up here. It, it definitely seems worse up here. However, uh, right, guys, I thought we would have a wee look at some of the, the, the media commentators uh, and all of this. Uh, as I said, you can you can, you can can bet your mortgage on how some of them are going to respond. Uh, now, you and Murray made, a, made you put out an interesting tweet uh, this afternoon. <clears throat> uh, I retweeted it at the time. Uh, Ewan writes for The Guardian. He says, if you remove Rangers from this argument, uh, as may well be helpful for people getting wildly upset about it, sentiments from Aberdeen Hearts, Inverness, Partick Thistle, Falkirk, Stennis Muir, and the Lowland League should be su- sufficient for people to look at the SPFL. Now, the, you know, the comments are the usual comments, but, but, but that seems to me, I mean, I know Ewan is, is a bit of a hearts man, but, you know, he's right in this. You know, there, there, there's enough evidence there to suggest that an independent inquiry is required. And it actually feels like there would maybe would be one if Rangers weren't so far behind it. Compare that to, Ross, I'll come to you in this first, future First Minister Michael Stewart, who just seems to be a, a permanent bell end, for, for, for want of a better phrase, is... He came out with an absolute cracking tweet the other day. He effectively blamed Rangers for the clubs that were now going to be relegated for being in the situation that they were in, despite the fact uh, that you know they voted against the proposal and they are the ones sort of leading from the front in this uh, fight for an independent investigation. The god botherer, Graham Spears, uh, he was another one. He came out, you know, as I said earlier on, Rangers provided their dossier at like 10 a.m. on the Thursday. And within 20 minutes, he was tweeting, you know, oh, it's a lot of nonsense. There's nothing in this dossier. I've looked through it. There's no, the, the sort of words you were talking about earlier, Ross, smoking guns, all that kind of thing. Just, And again, it kind of feels that these people are so entrenched in their views, which in my opinion does not make for good journalism and makes you question their integrity and if they're actually doing their bidding for someone else. Uh, how do how do you feel about some of the media comments that have, have come out this week? Uh, well, I, I normally try and avoid engaging with Celtic media, but I suppose in this case I'll make an exception. It's it's uh, unfortunately it's everything you come to expect, with the exception of of Tom English. Somehow, you know, English is kind of going down the same route as 
as you and Murray saying, look, there's enough clubs now saying that something stinks here. It's clear that something stinks and we should be having a look. Um, Michael Stewart is bitter about the fact that he played 180 games over his entire career uh, and that he twice failed to get a contract at Rangers. Um, he's taken that, obviously, not just a kind of bitterness at the club, but then obviously a, a hatred of everything that Rangers stands for, i.e. You know, Britishness and, and, and unionism, all these things that he somehow associates with Rangers and therefore Rangers are doubly bad in his eyes. So there's, it, it doesn't matter what Rangers do for some of these people. Rangers could be saving orphans from a burning building um, and Michael Stewart would criticise us for contributing to overpopulation of the world. It, 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 it's kind of irrelevant what they're saying because what really, really matters is it, it, we need to get this investigation. Thankfully, the media don't have a vote in all of this. Spears is another one, you know, Spears is another where it, it, it doesn't matter what we do, there will be no positive slant. I would have said the same about Tom English up until three weeks ago, but, you know, somehow he seems to have had some, I don't know, maybe a head injury that's awoken him in, in some way. Um, it, it almost doesn't really matter what these people say. There's such an irrelevance and, and such a, um, it, it's a dying industry, as we all know. They, they do not have a massive audience anymore. Graham Spears as well, the number of times he's been pictured at, at Celtic Park with his um, his kids, who, considering he was apparently brought up as a Rangers fan, it's it's just silly. Um, and I, I, I sincerely don't care what these people think. Um, if anyone hasn't made use of the block feature on Twitter, I, I recommend you do so because it will just save you a headache. Um, I think it's worth saying, you know, Spears... Spears was clearly never sent a copy of the um, the dossier by Rangers. Rangers would never entertain that. Rangers do not have any interest in engaging with Graham Spears. So the fact that he has a copy of that um, evidence within 20 minutes of it going to the club is a serious and significant breach of confidentiality. Um, Rangers evidence does contain stuff that's legally privileged. So Rangers had to be very, very careful in how they handled that information. And the fact that it's with the media within an hour, the fact that it's with the SPFL within an hour and that they're making statements on it is a gross mishandling of sensitive information. Um, and yet we don't really seem to be talking about that. It, it, that's actually something that is worthy of journalistic investigation is which club is willing to break legal confidentiality, is willing to break legal, legal privilege. That's a big deal, you know, because that's uh, that's compromising the entire integrity or what's left of the integrity of Scottish football is gone. But the journalists are happy to look past that because it means they get their scoop and they get to put the, put the boot into Rangers one more time. Um, a headline being, Colin, I, I sincerely just do not care what they have to say because it it will never it will never be fair. It will never be impartial. It's I think it's probably impossible to be an impartial football journalist in Scotland because the whole the whole setting is just far too tribal. I have a theory about Spears, actually, uh, because it, 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 he hasn't always been as, as sort of uber against the club as he, as he used to be. You know, he, he used to be quite centre ground and he was brought up uh, as a Rangers supporter. Uh, I think he had hopes of, of getting the top job at, at Rangers Media. You know, I thought he was going to, I think he felt he was going to get a job with the club and it went to Lindsay Heron, and ever since then, uh, he's been quite stinging in his criticism of the club. So I think there's something personal. We all talk about Michael Stewart. It's obvious that Michael Stewart's miffed that he never got a contract at Rangers uh, twice because he was he was there as a boy as well. And I think that's what drives Spears on. I think he just, I, I think David Murray passed him off with going with someone else for, for that job at that particular time. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Uh, coming to you. David, what's your thoughts on the, the media coverage and, you know, the likes of Michael Stewart and, and Graham Spears? Uh, Michael Stewart, well, you, you've just got to pity Michael, haven't you, really? Um, uh, that's our future First Minister you're talking about. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll try to <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've got to, You've got to pity Michael. I mean, Michael loves to say his own voice. Uh, that's That much is clear. Um He's he's 
His behaviour on Twitter, no, I, I, I'm not, I don't have a Twitter feed, um, and I'm unlikely to have one going forward. But um, occasionally, I do, I do become aware of uh, what's out there in the Twitter sphere, and his, uh, his, his pompous uh, release uh, on Friday there um, was, 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 you know, something to behold. Um, where he, he was, he was falling over himself to. Congratulate Anne Budge and her, and her behaviour and how she's handled things. Um, all the while, as you've already mentioned, um, pointing the finger at, at Rangers as being the and Rangers' behaviour uh, as being fundamental to the breakdown in league deconstruction talks and, and basically condemning the, the relegated clubs as per the, the, the outcome of the resolution to their fate. Uh, and it was it was absolutely hilarious. Uh, the fact that he's, he's, he continues to be given a platform after his behaviour in the, uh, the James Trainer for Ivo, where he was he was uh, implored by Kenny McIntyre to, to stop talking live on air in such a defamatory manner. Uh, again, the fact that he's back and he's he's bumping his gums, as, as you quite eloquently put earlier in the, the show, um, it's just it's, it's, it's only to be pitied. With regards to Graham Spears, um, I noticed that, uh, as you've made mention of there, he, he, he immediately um, poo-pooed the, the dossier. I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, if, but I think he may well have used the phrase water pistol or something akin to that um, to, to actually you know, belittle Rangers' uh, release. Um, and I think Tom English uh, actually correct him, said, no, I think you need to actually you know, delve a bit deeper here and, um, I think he actually he went further back in that and actually came out and said, well, stuff, there's, obviously when he's, he's actually been furnished with said dossier material and had I read it, you know, he says there's actually some pertinent points here. So he's contradicting himself. You know, he's he's actually showing up a mirror to, to many respects how the, the, the contradictory uh, and aggressive stance of the SPFL um, press releases via Twitter, certainly via Twitter, um, and it's it just you know reinforces uh, or you know definitely highlights the fact that Rangers have been consistent in this, along with other clubs. You know other clubs like, like Hearts, Partick Thistle, Falkirk, Inverness uh, have come out and they've maintained all along that there's issues with corporate governance. There's issues with the behaviour of certain individuals on the executive and the board, and that this can no longer uh, continue to be the norm. And I don't think we've heard the end of this. If, if the AGM, um, as many people suspect, doesn't go in uh, the appellant's favour, I, I don't think we've heard the end of this. This will rumble on and rumble on until such time that the clubs can be safe in the knowledge and they have a, a, a significant degree of comfort that their needs are being met via their board and their executive. And it looks as though there's a, a, a groundswell of opinion. Don't forget I me mean, that there's still tomorrow to go before the EGM takes place, where more clubs may well decide to come out and go public on their, their opinions about how the whole situation has been handled. That at the end of this, Clubs will, you know, will push and will continue to push for a better run Scottish football. And don't forget, in all of this, there's been numerous um, surveys conducted with fans groups with regards to how we can improve the game. Those those feelings have been completely just disregarded. And we are, don't forget, like we are the paying customer. You know, you like to think that a company's executive would listen to their customers. The customer is, is always right. And we hold a lot of the cash that, that, that keeps Scottish football going and cash is king. And you'd like to think that, that the executive would actually listen to their customers. But it appears that they, they, they are self-serving and they don't, they, they want the status quo to remain. And, but to get back to the, the, the point in question, I think that, um, I reiterate, I think the clubs will not let us go until they are satisfied that 
corporate governance is significantly improved upon within the game. Well, time will, t- time will tell, David. You know, as you said, we've got tomorrow to go. Uh, uh, VGM's on Tuesday and, and it'll be another, I'm sure it'll be another week of, of claim and counterclaim for us to, to look at next week. Guys, I'm, I'm really conscious of time, but before I went, uh, sorry, before we go, uh, I thought we would have a quick look at, at Stephen Gerrard. It was his second anniversary through the week there of since he joined the club. So I thought I'd quick sort of look at his time, pros, cons, and what he can improve on going forward. Uh, we'll also come at you first. Pros? Pros. It's, it's hard to pinpoint, actually, pros. Um, I could go into a lengthy monologue about how standards across across the club seem to have improved. I think one pro is that we do seem to attract a, a higher quality of player than we would have done under Kaishinha or, or under Warburton, certainly, certainly under Murty as well. So... I think generally standards have gone up. There's a greater tactical understanding. There's a greater, um, I don't know, maybe gravitas to, to how we prepare for games. Um, I think the backroom setup has has dramatically improved. I, th- I think we're just a bit more of a serious club now rather than a bargain bin English League One um, fake it till you make it SBL club. And what about your cons, Ross? Cons? Um a couple of things. I think he needs to work on the mentality of the squad, and a lot of that obviously was borne out in in Tav's kind of infamous program notes that he that he did a few months back about the, the squad's mentality not being good enough. That needs to improve. And if Gerard could bottle up his winning mentality and and give it to the players, that would be um, would be worth millions on the market. Uh, but I think he also needs to do a little bit of work around his media. I think sometimes he comes out and says things after games, maybe throws the players under the bus a wee bit or or says things that I think he might come to regret a little bit later on. So I think that's something he could possibly work on. You know, all you have to do is sit back and and watch Walter Smith at work with the media. Never gives them too much. He's you know kind of gives them short shrift. Um, I think he needs to improve that area a wee bit. And going forward, going forward, um, I think he needs. To, honestly, my personal opinion, he needs to be less hamstrung by the. Um, the kind of tactical philosophy that he seems to have come along with and, and I think a lot of that's to do with his backroom staff is that it's it's this way it's 4-3-3 we play this structure and that's it um, and if it's not working it's because we're not doing it well enough I think sometimes he needs to be a little bit more flexible and realise that Scottish football isn't played on paper um, and sometimes the kind of the dark arts of Scottish football will be able to overwhelm the, the nice trickery of a, a high pressing 4-3-3 and yourself, David, uh, quickly, just pros, cons, and going forward for Stevie G? Pros, um, quickly, I would say his, uh, his performance and relative success in Europe has been a massive pro for me. He's, he's put the club back on the, the continental map. Uh, cons, I, uh, I think he's hamstrung with the, the quality of player that's at his disposal. That may well change going forward. Hopefully it will. Um, now that the club seems to have extricated themselves from the grubby mitts of Sports Director International. Uh, I do concur with Ross's feelings in the sense that uh, Stevie would appear to be, um, how should I put it, he wears his heart on his sleeve too much. I think he's he's too honest. I think that's just the, the makeup of the guy. I think he's he. It's not a natural thing for him to uh, be. You know, how would I would put it, um, more guarded than what he says. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not making out that he's that he's naive in what he says. But I think the longer he's in uh, the managerial game, and don't forget, I mean, his his first job, a massive job, one of the biggest jobs in world football, uh, for a guy to cut his teeth. So. He's learning all the time, and the, the, the guy speaks with humility. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon two years later that he's, that he's our manager. And then in going forward, I think the, the, the number one thing is, is, is getting, he's, he's got a number of monkeys off Rangers back as a club. Um, the one remains, the, the, the elephant in the room is uh, winning a, some some silverware, and I I think that if if you if you sat him down and over a pint and asked him what, where would his his priorities be, I think he would, he would, he would just tell you that it's, it's a league title. So, but 
baby steps. Um, I'd be happy with, with some form of silverware before the league, but you know, I think uh, he's he's driven, and I think he's bought into the ethos of the club. He's been up here two years now, and I think he knows what it's all about. And as he's he's come out and 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 made. Uh, made clear in his recent uh, interactions with, with the media that he's driven by success and he, he's he's totally um, hell-bent on delivering it. I would agree with that. My pros, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, uh, David. I, I've enjoyed the European stuff. Cons, again, I would agree with some of the stuff that he's have said. You know, he, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve sometimes. But I think that, I, I, I genuinely think that's just how he is. Uh, I think he's... he's He's quite. He's someone with a lot of integrity, and I think he struggles to to sort of be cuter than maybe he should be. And going forward, Stevie, if you're listening, just give us a trophy, mate. That's all we're looking for. And I'm like you, David. I'm I'm delighted that he's still with us. Right, guys, that's all. We're sort of slightly run over tonight. That's all for tonight's Jersnet podcast, the Independent Rangers podcast, which is by fans for fans, and the content is absolutely free. A big thanks to Ross and David for their contributions this week. Uh, top stuff in what has been an interesting week in Scottish football. We'll be back next week. Obviously, there's there's going to, there's going to be another week similar to this week. So we'll be back on Sunday night next week uh, to dis- discuss all that. In the meantime, get yourself on to Jersnet and the forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Guys, look, we're in week nine. Again, just stay safe, everyone. I hope everyone's okay and there's nothing major going on in your lives in this sort of unprecedented time. Uh, and until next time, bye for now. Loyalty to Rangers is what binds us. And together, we are stronger. Launching for the 2021 season, the MyJers membership program is a new way to get even closer to the club you love. It's the one place where you can access benefits like ticketing priority, club discounts, and exclusive competitions and experiences. There's even a limited edition welcome gift when you join. Visit rangers.co.uk slash MyJers to join today. Always Rangers. Always loyal. Always rewarded.